This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Big shout out to all of our locations, Elk River, Maple Grove, Lakeville, Spring Lake Park, and those joining us online. It's a great day to be, how many are in church today and you're like, I love Jesus. How many love Jesus today? Let me hear you. I love it. I love it. Hey, before we get into today's message, uh, Jody's here with me, and uh, we've got something exciting going on this week. Why don't you tell everybody yes, about it? Yes, we have our Emmanuel Sisterhood event this Friday. Give it up, ladies. All right, we got to get a little more excited about that. We've got the Emmanuel Sisterhood event this Friday. All right. Uh, doors open at 6.40. We are streaming to all of our campuses, so I'm so excited about that. We'll have worship. We'll have the message. I'm speaking a message called Your Story Matters. And do you know that your story matters to God and your story matters to others? And so, ladies, I want you to be on the lookout to bring a friend, bring somebody you know, bring the, all the girls in your life, your mother, your daughter, the neighbor, your aunt, your grandma, whoever in your life, bring all the ladies in your life to come and experience God together at each one of our locations. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. So this this Friday, doors open at 640. How old do you have to be? You can be anywhere between 5 and 100. So if you're like a little girl that can sit quietly next to your mom, and you know, if you're over 100, you can come too. So um, that's, that's this Friday. So hope to see you all here. Thanks, Jody. We're looking forward to this. Appreciate my wife's putting so much work into her side of things. I'll be cheering for you. It is a church event. I'm not allowed, I think, just because I'm, I'm not one of the ladies. So uh, today we are diving into a brand new series called Made Well, Body, Soul, and Spirit. And I'm excited as we be- get into this series, you're going to experience something week by week that perhaps will help you, and you can invite your friends to be a part of the story in the weeks to come as well. But to kick us off, I want you to consider a get well card. How many of you ever filled out one of those get well cards where somebody or your friend was sick or somebody was in the hospital and you just fill out, and uh, it, you, you write the words saying, I want to encourage you, I wish I was with you, I want to help you, uh, I'm praying for you, and all of those uh, sentiments that you want to send to towards somebody because uh, it means a lot to the people on the other side of that conversation, if you will. I remember just a few months ago when I was in uh, dealing with COVID and I was battling COVID and I had, I had a fever and I was tired and I was alone. That was the worst part of the whole thing. And uh, people were texting me and they were saying, hey, praying for you, I'm with you. And it just meant so much to me. You know, a word in those moments of encouragement goes a long way. It really does. It kind of lifts the spirits of the people in your life. And that could be not just from physical things, but perhaps, you know, somebody is going through trauma or going through difficulty. And it just makes a big difference. So much so that I want to pause right now and ask you to take your phones out. Can't believe I'm doing this in church, but I'm going to ask you if there is somebody in your heart, in your head, your thoughts 
that you know could really stand to hear from you a word of encouragement, if you could do that right now, just go ahead and just tell me, hey, I'm praying for you, thinking about you, uh, got your back, um, you're not alone, um, thinking about you. Man, that moment can mean so much to people, and it means so much to just about anybody that I've ever received one, I want to, I want to just say thank you. Because I didn't always respond. Uh, I remember people tried to FaceTime me and I was not in a moment where I wanted to be on screen. And so I said, no, but thank you for caring enough for me that you reached out to me, it made a big, big difference. Did you know that the Bible is a giant get well card to us? That literally the words of God in the, in the scripture, there's healing in his words toward us. That if we open the card, it can make a significant difference in our story. In this series, we're gonna look at the incredible hope that God can bring to our whole lives, our body, soul, and spirit. Now, our foundational scripture for this series is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And this is what it says. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. This is a powerful scripture. We're going to refer to it week after week, coming back to it. But it says that may the God of peace make you holy. In other words, make you complete. Nothing missing. No exceptions. May there be no uh, uh, open door to leaking. <laughs> may there be no um, loss of anything. May it absolutely be intact. And it starts off by saying, Paul says, may the God of peace bring that to you. May he make you holy. There's something about those words, the God of peace, that are incredible. As Paul speaks this over individuals that would read or hear the message, or over churches, that God would bring peace. He, how many know, in this day and age, we need some peace in America. There needs to be some peace, not only nationally, but also between people groups, between neighbors, friendships that are in contentious relationship now, and, and all kind political differences and all that. May it not the God of war or the God of economics or the God of whatever you want to throw in there, but may the God of peace make you these things. He says the peace. What is peace? Well, biblically speaking, the Hebrew word uh, concept of peace is the shalom of God. The shalom is the peace or the harmony or the wholeness or completeness, uh, the prosperity, the welfare, the tranquility of soul. You are content in that and personally content. In yourself, you could be, have the shalom of God, the, the peace of God, but also nations can experience that when God speaks it and it inhabits a group of people. So where are people missing shalom or the peace right now? Uh, young families are missing it, and there's so much pressure for our culture on us to be something. Uh, uh, perhaps you've uh, heard of the, the bucket list family on Instagram. Uh, 2.6 million people are following this couple and their kids, and they, uh, they are uh, doing epic journeys all over the world. They, uh, they, they go to Switzerland and ta Tanzania and into New Zealand and, and all over the world. And, and they're, they're, the, the Instagram account follows them. In fact, this is now their full-time job. 
They've been to over 80 countries, and right now they're in New Zealand. And uh, these, this couple has these epic photos, and, and the kids are always happy. And the, the husband and wife always love each other. And everything looks perfect. And there's, it's kind of become this phenomenon where people are following this for ideas. And, and young families are like, I could do that. We should do that. But not everybody can go to Switzerland one week and, and to Africa the next week and, and to Tahiti the next week. Not everybody can do that. And, uh, but you're watching it, and it's become this great kind of thing. And it's an idea, maybe things we could do with our kids and you know, there's these kind of accounts all over where you watch and observe and, and see what others are doing. And it seems really cool as an inspiration, but, but there's a problem with it. And the problem is there's a gap between what you see and your life. And it's kind of, it's kind of created this, this uh, sense of loss that, that, that I don't have what they have. I, I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing. Uh, maybe I'm not good enough because I'm not doing these things with my kids. And it's not just on watching this particular account, but think about this when you open up social media and you could be having a good day and then all of a sudden you look and you see somebody else that's having a better day. And you're like, what is going on? I, I thought it was okay. And, and now you, you observe and you see that somebody else uh, went on a, a vacation that you've never been on. Or, or maybe they had a, a meal with a bunch of people. Or maybe there was a party that you weren't invited to. And you see all your friends in the picture. And, and now there's this gap that is created. People begin to miss peace in unique ways today. It's almost as if we say well, something's not right. There's, there's something missing on the inside. People are losing their peace in their mind and their will and their emotions. And their, the, the, the pandemic fallout has created loneliness and depression and aggression. And missing peace has a real impact on your physical and your mental health. In fact, if you lack peace, something is missing. If you lack peace, something is missing. And this is why when Paul says, may he make you holy in these areas of your life, he's saying, may that peace be filled in, that gap be filled with God's presence and his peace. The word says that peace is possible in every area of your life. Now, he uses the words body, soul, and spirit to say this is a biblical concept of who we are. So if you have, if you're made up of three parts, then you have the spirit. The spirit is the eternal part of who you are. This is the part that will live forever. God breathed his spirit into us. We're eternal beings. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But then there's the soul. Biblically speaking, the soul is the mind, the will, or the emotions. It's the part of you that feels. It's the part of you that thinks. It's the part of you that is random all the time. How many of you, since I started preaching, you thought about someplace other than this room? Your mind goes all over the place, and you wander, and you think about different things, but your emotions are in there too, your personality, the uniqueness of who you are is, and, and who you're created to be. The mind is a, is a unique space that's created uh, by, by God, but it can take you to places. 
So if you think about something for long enough, you'll feel it. I've used the illustration before when I played high school football that if I wanted to get all pumped up to go win on the field beforehand, I had my old Walkman tape player out with the headphones. How many remember those? How many have seen those like on websites from all the old people? Well, I would listen to a group called Striper. And they would have a, I put the tape in and uh, I would get going with to hell with the devil. And uh, I hope I did a good impersonation for Michael Sweet, the lead singer of Striper. But here's the deal. I would get my mind and my will moving in this realm of my life. It doesn't mean what I'm thinking is true. It just means it is what it is. And I, you know, the word, word of God can transform your mind and change the way you think. That's why the Bible is a big deal on that, that area. But then there's the body. Now, in the body, it's your physical being, what you, your five senses that you use. And the body is a part of who you are. God gives you that body. Your body originally would have lived forever, but because of sin, it no longer does. And then there's a certain point in life at which it begins to degenerate, right? There's things that happen, and uh, we will be given new bodies someday, but we have these bodies right now. And uh, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm thankful for my body. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I got. This is it, right? Now, here's the thing. The, the danger that we run into when it comes to how we separate things in our life and, and compartmentalize, the danger is sometimes we think that not, these three areas don't have anything to do with each other. That somehow they don't have anything to do with each other. In fact, there's uh, biblical and church history. There's, there's uh, heresies that developed over time and, and, and doctrinal error about how you'd separate the body and the spirit and the soul. And listen, I'm just telling you this. Um, these are all very connected. They are very connected to each other. In fact, so much so, just think about this. If you don't eat for long enough, some of you get what we call hangry, right? It affects your emotions, right? I, uh, just as much, you put certain substances into your body, it affects your mind. And this is, it's all interconnected. And when it comes to the spirit, this is the, the thing that we, we need to recognize, that, that the spirit, when we sin, dies, and we move away from God. I'll talk about that in a moment. But when, when that happens, when Jesus comes in, he changes our spirit. So we become new creations. Unfortunately, our body does not become a new creation. And our minds have to catch up to what's going on in the spirit. So I want you to think about this. When God steps into a person's life, he comes in and he makes a huge difference. He makes you new. The moment that you say, Jesus, forgive me and put your faith and trust in Jesus, whom God has raised from the dead, that moment, you're made brand new. You're forgiven of your sin. You are a new creation. Scripture says the old is gone and the new has come. Now, here's the, here's the challenge that we have. The spirit is made brand new, 
and we're, we're in, we're like, we're saved, okay? But the mind, the will, and emotions are being saved. That's what some call sanctification. And the body needs to follow what the Spirit is telling us to do, not the other way around. So what happens is, whatever God does in here, in the Spirit, we want it to move its way out here. Does that make sense? So when we are talking about this passage of Scripture, where Paul is saying, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, in your body, soul, and spirit, we need to recognize that God isn't just speaking to the Spirit alone, but he's speaking to all of who we are. How do we lose peace in the first place? Let me tell you this. In the beginning, when we were first created, we had complete peace. In fact, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Adam and Eve had their identity or image created by God. God created them, and he shaped them how he wanted to be. And nothing was missing. They walked carefree through the garden. They had responsibilities. They had work to do, but there was nothing missing. And then God says to them, he says in, in chapter 2, verse 16 of Genesis, he says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat out of it you shall surely die. In other words, you can do everything, but if you cross the line and you eat from this tree, then you're going to experience the lack of shalom, the loss of peace. You'll experience death. And sure enough, Adam and Eve responded to the serpent who said, did God really say that? And asked the same question that we get asked nowadays. Is the word of God true? Does it really mean that I need to be careful about what I do with my life, my mind, my body, my spirit? Listen, my body is not my body, my choice. My body is Jesus, his choice. That's the way it was before sin entered the world. But then sin steps in, and when sin steps in, there's a terrible thing that happens. We exchange temporary peace that can't replace God's peace. So they got the temporary fruit, and the result of that is now all of a sudden their eyes were opened. They began to experience something. that They had shame over their nakedness. There was separation between husband and wife. She made me do it. And now all of a sudden the division begins between people and people and people and God, all because of sin. Listen, finding identity outside of the creator and his design for us is a pursuit for temporary peace. This generation is trying to find peace in changing their identity, but it won't provide what they're looking for. No matter how many pronouns you throw in front of your name, it isn't going to change what you feel on the inside. Only the creator can give that to you. Isaiah 48, 22, but there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. No peace. 
You follow a different path and then you end up experiencing the lack of peace. The original lie was, did God really say? The serpent asked them and he says, surely you won't die. But he was wrong. He was wrong because death has entered the picture through sin and there's damage to the body, the soul, and the spirit. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. See, we're in the hospital of our soul and we need a get well card that only Jesus can deliver. And here's the good news today. The good news is that God doesn't leave us. No, he sets up a construction sign on our lives and he says, coming soon, peace to your life. If you turn and you begin to follow what Jesus is saying. Now, I want to talk about Jesus and how he does it in a moment. But first, I want to give you this little kind of anecdote that's really important. In this hour, in this moment of history, many times people are using information we get to point out error in someone else. I'm only wanting you to take the word today to look at yourself. And when it comes to body, soul, and spirit, I want you to consider that God will give insight to other people that will be helpful to us. As long as it lines up with the word of God, we can follow other leadership. Now, when it comes to things like this, I am thankful, for example, for my medical doctor. My medical doctors that I've had over time have literally saved my life. There was a time when I was young when I fell off some uh, playground equipment, hit the ground. I was not feeling good. This was like 10 feet up in the air, and I hit the ground face down. I started getting little ashen looking in my face, and I was losing the blood in here, and I didn't look well. The, went to the nurse's office. The nurse called my mom. My mom came and looked at me, took me to the doctor. They took my blood. They rushed me to the hospital where they did exploratory surgery, and I had a ruptured spleen. And I was, I was bleeding internally. I was about to die. I got one or two transfusions of blood. And that, those doctors, those nurses, they brought me back to life. So when I'm talking about may the God of peace bring it to your body, I'm not saying that against the medical community. I'm not saying that. In fact, I am thankful for every nurse and doctor and health professional in our church. I'm thankful for what you're doing. I'm thankful for the effort that you bring. We are in a weird era of like what is right and what is wrong regarding medical practice. But I think the Spirit of God will teach you and speak to you about what you should do with your choices. But I want to be careful here because I don't want you to misuse what I'm preaching about when I say that only Jesus can bring peace to your body. Jesus will use the doctors and nurses as well. And he will heal you. Come on, somebody. So I want to take you and draw your attention to John chapter 5. In John chapter 5, there's a story of Jesus. And uh, I want you to see what he does. I'm only going to point out a few things in this particular story. But it says this in John chapter 5, starting with verse 1. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and knew 
He had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? Say that with me. Would you like to get well? Some versions say, would you like to be made well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. And someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, I want you to notice a couple things here. Of course, the man did get up and walk, and he had been paralyzed. But first thing I want you to notice is this man had been sick for 38 years. 38 years in a particular condition. And in those 38 years, there are certain things that happen to you if you're in a chronic condition. One of those things is you lose hope. You begin to settle down and just live in the knowledge of the experience that you're in. You no longer expect anything different to happen. This man was in a condition where he also had developed a bit of victimhood. He said, I could be healed if I could get to the, where the water bubbles up, but I don't have any friends to carry me. In other words, he's going, I'm helpless and I don't have anybody to help me. Now let me, let me tell you this today. When we settle into a victim's mindset, you need to know Jesus isn't satisfied with leaving you there. And I'm not just talking about a paralytic state. I'm talking about sometimes we inherit family generational dysfunction. And we begin to accept it. That's just the way I am. My mom and dad, they never got married. So I'll never get married. There's divorce all over the world. There's dysfunction in every direction. That's just who I am. And we kind of settle into that. And the problem is when we're in a victim mindset is we begin to endorse a lack of faith in our journey. And the way we endorse a lack of faith is that we begin to excuse ourselves from what God's word says to us. We go, that's for other people. I'm an exclusion. This isn't for me. But let me tell you this. The next thing is this. Jesus walks up to the people who are in a victimhood state and he's not satisfied to leave you there. He won't leave you in your endless cycle of depression. He won't leave you in your brokenness. Jesus is not afraid of walking up to the people everybody else walks by. When I think of our church and I think of what's going on in the world right now, I know that there are so many painful stories under the sound of my voice. If you really knew what people were walking through, you might be a little bit more compassionate about why they uh, have a little bit of an attitude. If you really knew the pressure that some families are underneath, you would be a little bit more compassionate when you make your statements about political things. If you really knew what it was like to be an immigrant, you would be a little bit more passionate about caring for the, the, the disenfranchised and the people coming into the country. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Y'all are getting stuff I didn't preach about in first service. Jesus is not going to pass you by. 
And even the arrogant, I'm okay. I don't need anything. On the outward, it doesn't appear like you're a paralytic. I want you to know that he knows the anxiety you feel about your business, about paying the bills, about taking care of other people, about how you've medicated yourself, filled temporary peace with pornography. He knows how you filled the gap with other things in your life. Yeah, Jesus, he doesn't ignore it. And he walks right up to you. Can I get an amen, church? And he asked the question, would you like to get well? What's Jesus asking you today? What is your obstacle to getting peace in your body, in your soul, in your spirit? What about the friends in your family, in your life? What's the obstacle for them? Who do you know that needs peace? Why not bring them to church with you next week? Maybe they could find peace here instead of the bar. Maybe they could find peace here instead of some other place in isolation. You know how many people have been locked in isolation in this season of the pandemic? You got need to go up and knock on their door. Say, come with me to church. We need to go find Jesus. Come on, somebody. Next week, we're going to talk about healing, by the way, and being made whole and well in the body, physically. We believe that that by the word of God, we can see supernatural, physical healing in people's bodies. We're going to talk about that next week. We're not going to ignore why did some people not get healed. I'm not going to ignore that either. Sometimes uh, and when you preach one, you exclude the other. But let me tell you this. Next week, we're also going to have anointing service, a healing service at the end. So if you need a sickness healed, you know somebody needs to be healed, we're going to believe by faith God's going to heal in our church next Sunday. All right? Bring them to church. Here's the truth. We often live in the gap between where we are and the freedom, the peace that, that only God can bring. And the truth is that no matter the gap between where you are and being made well, God can fill it. In fact, if we go back to the same passage in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that started with, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is in opposition to that. Humans, John chapter 3, verse 6, Jesus says, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. In other words, he can make you new. If you're away from God right now and sin has overwhelmed your soul, I want you to know there is hope that Jesus alone can rescue you if you turn to him as he's asking you the question, what do you want? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to get well? You turn to Jesus, he'll forgive you of your sin and make you new. And for believers... I want you to consider that he can also bring wholeness to other areas of your life than just your eternity. It's not just about I'm going to heaven. It's also about fixing your marriage. It's also about peace in general in your mind and your heart and experiencing the wholeness in your relationships that are around you. Would you like to get well? You turn to him, and he will say, stand up, pick it up, 
pick up your mat and walk. For believers, I want you to remember what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, for God saved you by his grace. And when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. I love that phrase. In Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. He's got a new creation project on you. The creator is not done. Just because you messed it up since you were born doesn't mean that he can't do a new construction project on your life. And I love how we can know that Jesus sees us and has good things planned for us. And wherever we are weak and we have a gap between where we are and where we need his peace, his grace fills the gap. And it's not anything we do, it's who he is. And when his grace fills the gap, we can trust that he is faithful. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh and asking God to take away. And Jesus' response says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. See, God's grace is better than your gap, than your weakness. And you can trust him in this moment. He brings peace in ways that you can't understand. He fills in the cracks of your soul. He fills in the gap between you and where you need to be. And if you wonder how to get there to God's peace, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Today, there is hope in the house. There is wholeness for those that are under the painful foot of guilt to open your heart up and allow Jesus to fill in the cracks to make you new, to lift you up to where he sees you. Would you stand with me today? All of our locations. There's a grand old hymn that speaks of amazing grace. It's one thing to be amazing grace for other people. And it's another thing to say it's amazing grace for me. Amazing grace for my family. Amazing grace for my body that seems to be falling apart. Amazing grace for everything that we need. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a like me I 
grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears really how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believe. I want you to think about something. To think about the fact that whatever time of history we're in, I have reason to believe we are in the end times. I don't know how close we are to that final trumpet call when Jesus captures us and takes over and establishes a new heaven, new earth, all of those things. But what I do know is this, that Jesus said, Lo, I will be with you always. My peace I leave with you. So between now and eternity, there is a promise that he is going to be with us through every step, no matter what we go through. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be worried. All you need to do is lift up your eyes to where your help comes from. The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one that sits on a throne. He's not shaking his knees. He's not biting his nails. God's not worried right now. He's with us. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.